<laughs> Y'all can have a seat. Well, what's up, AFC? I hope everybody is doing good tonight. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Matt, and I'm the campus minister here at Aggies for Christ. And I said this last week, and I'll probably say it next week, and I'll say it again and again and again. I hope that when you walk in this place, I hope you feel loved. I hope you feel cared for. I hope you feel important. What other place in, uh, I'm a little hot. Can you turn that down? What other place in this world, what other place on that campus, what other place in this city can you really walk in into and know that, that you're important and that you feel important? So that's why I pray and I hope, and that's just my heart's desire, that this is what this ministry feels like to you, is a place where you feel important. Now, the, that video that we watched right there in the beginning, it, it brings up a lot of questions about ministries and about church, whether it's a cruise ship or whether it's a battleship. Now, I'll admit, a lot of times with this ministry, I war with myself in that I try, I try to view this as a cruise ship. I want you guys to be care, uh, cared for. I want you guys to be comfortable. I want the drinks in the back to be nice and cool. I want the, the screens set up the right way in your chairs. You know, I, I, I tend to do that, but I do want to be clear about one thing tonight. We are on a clear and direct mission. This ministry is on a clear and direct mission, and that is to make Jesus' name more popular on that campus and more popular with young adults here in Las Cruces. And while doing so, to give you a solid faith foundation for the rest of your life. Because right now we're on the cusp of this, this college age, this, this, this adolescent, these adolescent years, and we're going into adulthood where we're going to be fathers and mothers and leaders and managers. And so that's the goal, to make Jesus' name known and to build a solid foundation for your faith. And so that's the clear mission that we're on. Now, I need reminded of this sometimes. I really do need reminded. And this week, the Lord did something. This week, the Lord did something. He used something scary to help remind me of our mission. Can you go to the next slide? Once you guys zoom in on this a little, once you guys picture what that crumbled up piece of paper is right there, that's a, that's a pickup truck that one of our members from AFC was in Saturday night. It's trash, right? He was in the hospital Saturday night around midnight, and uh, he walked out of the hospital first thing Monday morning with nothing but a sore neck. It's pretty special. It's pretty special. He's giving, all the, he's giving all the glory and the credit to God for saving him. It, it, it's a miracle that he is alive. And what it did for me was it, it reminded me, man, this is, this is what, we're, what we're doing here is so important. That's what death and that's what brushes of death do is it reminds us how, how quick this life could be, how short it really, really is. And so that's why I can say with a, just with as much I'm just trying to be as genuine as I can say I'm so happy that you're here tonight because I honestly do believe this is the most important thing in the world. I believe your relationship with Jesus and you becoming a disciple and you becoming a disciple maker is the most important thing in the world. And I'll be honest, sometimes it takes scary things like that to remind me. But he walked away and Ryan's doing good tonight. For those of you who don't know, Ryan McCauley, he's, uh, he's still here in Las Cruces and he's just, he's a champ, man. He's a champ. He was in high spirits when we went and saw him at the hospital, and he's home already. So praise God for that. But being a disciple is hard. Being a disciple is hard, and being part of a battleship ministry, a battleship church, it's not for the faint of heart. It's much more, uh, it's much more than being on a cruise ship where everything is comfortable, where everything is tailored to you. And, and, and so with that being said, I kind of want to set up tonight's sermon and say that this is going to be something hard to process. Tonight's sermon isn't going to be something that's easy to swallow and we just walk out super motivated. Hopefully by the end we do, but initially we won't because I'm going to do two things. I'm going to, first, I'm going to challenge your schedule. I'm going, to, I'm going to challenge your schedule, and then secondly, I'm going to challenge you to serve. 
Now, it doesn't sound like very big things. Like, it really doesn't. But do you guys remember that list I used a couple weeks ago? This is the one that Charlton used on a Sunday morning. This was a poll done by an author that said this is what Americans' priorities are in 2016. Financial, physical, intellectual, relational, and then spiritual. So if this list is accurate, which I believe it is, then tonight should be challenging. Because not only am I going to ask you to give up some of your time, but I'm going to ask you to give up some of your time in service. But, but, but bear with me and give me a chance to let me build a case from Scripture and from experience on why service to God and to others is something um, not only foundational that the church needs and that this community needs, but that you need as well to live out this call of a disciple. And so with that being said, it's not going to be the easiest thing to swallow at first, so I need you guys to pray with me and for the sermon tonight. Dearly Father, I thank you for this wonderful day. God, it's such a beautiful place Las Cruces is at this time of year when the wind's not blowing, that is, Lord. Um, I, I just feel so honored to be here with this group of people tonight. I pray that as we talk about service and as we talk about um, giving our time for you, giving our first fruits of our labor to you, God, that, uh, that you be glorified in this, that tonight you be glorified in everything that we do and, and everything that we say, God, and that anything you want these, these people to hear that falls on soft, open hearts, anything else, flat to the floor, Lord. Thank you most of all for your son and boy down the cross. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, so you know tonight we're talking about service. That's what we're going to talk about, service, having a servant's heart, being a servant. And the sermon title tonight is go do something, go do something. Now let me ask you a question. Besides John 3.16, what do you think is the most printed, the most copied, the most memorized verse in all the Bible? Seriously. Just, what? Yeah, besides John 3.16. Philippians 4.13, right? Yeah, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is an amazing verse, right? We love this verse. We love this verse when we're working out. We love this verse when we're running a mile. We love this verse when we're trying to get that term paper done. Um, but this verse is a lot of people's, it's a lot of people's favorite verse for a reason. But tonight I want to use this in regards to service. And I want to build a case as to why we might not use this verse in the, in the best possible way we, uh, every time we do so. So let me give you some background prior to Philippians 4.13. First of all, a guy named Paul is writing this letter. And he's writing it to the church in Philippi. But he's not in Philippi. He's currently in prison. So everything in this book of Philippians is written from a man that's in prison, not somebody trying to gain prosperity, right? Secondly, with imprisonment comes the po possible execution. Paul wasn't exactly sure. He was going to request another trial, but he could have died. He was, he was facing imminent death, so that's something we need to keep in mind. And then in the rest of the chapter, leading up to this point, he says things like this. Verse 12 of chapter 1, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. What Paul's saying here is, um, the imprisonment, the persecution that I'm facing, it's advancing the gospel, so it's okay. Verse 21, with death imminent, Paul says this, for me to live as Christ, to die is gain. Verse 29 of chapter 1 again, for it has been granted to you for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now that I still have. And then lastly, from, from chapter 3, verse 7, Paul says this, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. A couple thoughts with this. One, why, isn't this the, why aren't these the verses that we're putting on t-shirts? 
You know, why, why, aren't, why aren't we putting things on t-shirts like to suffer for Christ or engaged in conflict, right? It doesn't exactly fit well on a coffee cup, you know? Secondly, um, secondly what, I, what I found when I'm studying Philippians this week is look at all this language that's being used to build up to one of the most famous Bible verses that we use throughout the year, right? Look at, all the, look, at all these, uh, look at all these points that are building up prior to that. Now I have, I want to use a couple verses right before Philippians 4.13 too, just to kind of reiterate this. Paul says this, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Now that I am speaking of being in need, not that I am speaking for being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Concerned, being in need, being content, being brought low, facing hunger. Then Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is not just a verse for people who are trying to attain prosperity. This is not just a verse for the athlete trying to break records or the businessman trying to make money. This is a verse for disciples of the gospel who have to suffer and who have to give things up for the sake of living a life dedicated to Christ. And so one of the sermon points that I want us to take home tonight is in order to do all things, you must first do things. And I know that might sound oversimplified, but really think about it. In order to do these things, to make it through these, these trials that Paul's talking about, at first you've got to do something. You have to go do something. Now, sometimes when I'm having a problem understanding a passage of Scripture, I pull out this big, fat Bible. It's called the ESV Study Bible. And there's some commentary in there. And there's this commentary on the, on the letter of Philippians. This is what some, some biblical scholars think the, letter, the chief theme of, a, of Philippians is about. Next slide. The chief theme of Philippians is encouragement. The chief theme of Philippians is encouragement. Paul wants to encourage the Philippians to live out their lives as citizens of a heavenly colony, as evidenced by a growing commitment to service to God and to one another. To service to God and to one another. See, that's what tonight is. Tonight is not a plead for help. Tonight is not a plead for volunteers. What tonight is, is an opportunity for you to live out your lives as citizens of heaven. Live out what we claim as believers, and, and that includes service to God and service to other. Now, now, service for you brings immediate benefits. Some of the best way to plug into community is through service. Now, I know I preach small groups week in and week out, and I still want you to sign up for small groups. I really, really do. But one of the best ways to serve, to, to get plugged in with the community is through service. Ask anybody that's been on one of our AFC mission trips. Ask any of us who've been to Honduras together. You become like brothers and sisters. Sometimes you fight like brothers and sisters, but you can become like brothers and sisters on these mission trips. And secondly, James, the brother of Jesus, he says faith without works is dead. So if you're feeling kind of in a spiritual slump right now and you need a way to kind of get out of it, the Bible points to the fact that service is a way to do so. Service is a way to do so and to make your faith come alive. And if, I, if I'm being honest, I think probably sometimes as, as a leader of this ministry, I might fail you guys in giving you service opportunities. So tonight, I'm not going to do that. So on the next slide, I, I want you guys to know some AFC slash UCC service opportunities that you have that you can get plugged in with immediately. First, children's worship volunteers. We need those for the Sundays in April. Just two people, one Sunday a month. You're only going to serve for one hour 
this month. That's it. But this week, we were, we're trying to scrape up people to do that for us. Secondly, AFC greeters and name tags, the first face that new people see. We need those not only here, but we need those at UCC. The older people at UCC love, love, love when college students are there greeting them. It's absolutely essential. That's an easy way to get plugged in. Plugged in. If you have some musical talent, you need to be up here. You need to talk to Amber. You need to use these gifts that God has blessed you with to bless him and to bless others. The youth summer intern, our, uh, our, our youth minister, David Harrelson, this one's actually paid. Now, I, put it, I still put it under service because you have to work with snothead high schoolers all summer, but it is still something that, it is still some service that needs to be done. You, you do get paid. It's a full-time job. It's a, it's a great summer of service, and David's looking for somebody like that, so you can talk to me about that later. Now, this last one is something that I've been praying um, that convicts a couple hearts in here tonight. If you feel that you have a, if you feel that you have a, a, a deeper understanding of who God is, maybe than some of your peers, or if you think you have the ability to lead, or even if you don't think you have the ability to lead yet, but you have a desire to lead, I'm asking the Holy Spirit tonight to convict you to come talk to me about becoming a leader in Aggies for Christ, to help take some of the spiritual burden off some of our leaders. Because the thing about campus ministries is people graduate, people get jobs, people move away, and somebody has to replace that group. And so I'm asking you, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to convict somebody in this room. I've only had one person come up to me this semester and say they're ready to lead next semester. I know there's more than that. If you feel ready to lead a small group, if you feel ready to take some spiritual responsibility, I need you. I need you. Now, for everyone in the room, you might not be there. You might not be ready to lead a small group. You might be super introverted, and greeting sounds like an awful thing to do. Um, we have another option. Something that I really want to push really, really hard is something called the Convoy of Hope. This is a community-wide church event where a bunch of churches from Las Cruces are coming together to bless this community. This is Saturday, April 30th, and we're going to take a couple minutes to watch this video, and, uh, and then I'm going to give you a chance to sign up for that. What if you truly believed that you could change your city? Not the structures, the roads, or the traffic, but the people. What would you do? When you'd look around you, would you begin to see potential instead of poverty? Would your eyes be opened to the value of your neighbors? Would you start to realize that sometimes the simplest things make the biggest difference? That even something as basic as a haircut can inspire confidence? Or that a new pair of shoes can not only change the way people walk, but the way they carry themselves? And would you begin to believe that providing health exams does more than just bring peace of mind, but has the ability to change hearts as well? Or that giving a child reason to smile can brighten their entire existence? And what if you believe that offering someone something as simple as a bag of groceries could be the one thing that brings hope to everything? I came to the Convoy of Hope outreach today for the services offered because they are needed and helpful at the moment, very helpful. Everybody's constantly making sure that we have what we need and if we need help finding anything and there's just lots of people to help you. It's given us hope today. That's the hope we needed. <laughs> By giving back to your community, you'll play a part in changing the lives of families and giving them the hope they need. By coming together as friends and neighbors to pray, to give, and to volunteer, we'll transform lives. Hope starts here. Doesn't it?
It looks like an amazing event. This is something that Las Cruces started doing last year, um, and AFC is going to play a big part in it this year, a big, big part. We already have 24 people in this room that have already signed up to do that with us Saturday, April 30th. I want more. We want more. It's one day, and I'm even considering planning a pool party after that. So I, it's, it's one day of service, and we're going to jump in a pool and have a barbecue. But, but seriously, this is a chance to be a, the hands and feet of Jesus. And this ministry is going to play a big part in that. And this is for anybody in here. If this is your first night, you've been here for years, you can jump in and do, it and do this. Guys, again, in order for us to live out the promise of being able to do all things in, through Christ, we must first do something. In order to live out this promise to do all things through Christ, we must first go do something. And here's an opportunity to go do something and to play a part in what God's doing in this world. See, when I was growing up, like, like most of you, you, you get asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? Now, when you're little, the first things you start saying is some pretty ridiculous things, like, well, I'm going to be Superman. And then the first time you jump off that trampoline and you land on the dirt and the gravel, and you find out, like, okay, this isn't a sustainable dream of mine. Then you start, you start looking for something else. You say, well, I'm going to be in the NBA. And then you're, you're reminded how slow and white you are. And then you're like, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen either, you know? And you get a little bit older and you start looking at celebrities or you still look at those pro athletes and you say, man, because of their, their, their uh, prosperity, because of their fame, because of their riches, like that's something, that's something I look up to. And then you start looking a little closer and you say, man, some of these, some of these people's marriages, they're, they're not that good. They're, they, they're always involved in scandals. They're always in, involved in fraud or something, something that, that hurts their reputation. You're like, I don't really want to be a part of that either. There's a shift that happens in a Christian's life when you stop looking up to people like this and you start looking up to people who uh, look up to a higher power themselves. You start looking up to people who, who, as Paul says, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so you start looking up to these people and you're like, I want to be like that guy. I want to be like that guy. When I thought about tonight and how I was going to translate this idea of service and having a servant's heart into something that we need, I thought about all the words I could use. As, a, as someone who preaches regularly, I thought about the sermon heavily. And, and a preacher's main goal is to like, seriously, not, maybe not everybody will admit this, but we want to see you crying. Like, I, I, it would be awesome if in the back of the room there was like 15 people crying their eyes out, like, I want to serve more. Like, that's, that's everything a preacher wants. But I knew it probably wasn't going to happen. I knew it probably wasn't going to happen with the sermon, and that's okay. So tonight, instead of preaching about service, I wanted to show you a servant. I wanted to show you a servant tonight, and I wanted to honor a servant tonight. And I think it'll do far more than my words can. So we have something kind of unique planned right now. If, if you were invited tonight to do something special as a surprise, would, would you please come stand in front of the stage right here for me? If I invited you via email or text, and you know who you are, will you come stand in front of the stage, please? Y'all can just string out. If y'all can just string out right here, that'd be great. If you've never strung out. <laughs> I'm glad you don't have a mic. <laughs> if there's any more of you back there, you're all you're all welcome. Yeah, come on. It's not that dark. I can see you. <laughs> Thank you.
the amazing thing about this campus ministry and about this church is that this campus ministry, it's different from all the other ones, and it's different from most ones you'll ever hear about because of the church that supports us, because of these people right here. Now, the very, very, very cool thing about this group is that a lot of these people are here tonight because they came up in the campus ministry themselves. We're not a, we're not a new group. This, this ministry has been going for years and years and decades and decades. Um, Let's see. Larry, is this on? Is that on? How long have you been coming to the campus ministry? Uh, we moved here. We moved here in 1967. 67. And immediately, we were newlyweds, and there was a place. Awesome. Thank you, Tanner. When when were when were you here? Uh, 2004 is when I came through high school group and everything like that. But 2008, 2009. Awesome. Thank you. Is anybody else out? Kyle, you wanna? I, I can't. I can't stretch that far. Uh, 1999. 1999. So, when you yep. graduated, or that's what? when I graduated. Well, that's the first year I went to school here. 1999. You guys, this is a. Uh, this is what's kind of cool about this ministry is like these people are praying for you, and these people are praying for this ministry weekly, and they give on Sundays to support what we do on Wednesdays. This is this is really special. But these people aren't here tonight, so we can honor them. These people are here to honor somebody else. This, this group is here to honor a man that was here when most of them got here. When Larry got here in 67, the man we're honoring tonight was here. The man we're honoring tonight was here. Um, you guys see him every week, and you might not know. He's still here, though. But if you know this man, if you talk to this man, I can guarantee you, he probably knows your name, he probably knows your major, and he probably knows who you have a crush on because he really, really cares about you. He really, really cares about you. And he's been here since 1966. For those of you not great at math, that's 50 years. And so I would really appreciate it, Aggies for Christ, if you would help us honor and welcome the man that we came here to, to kind of show our love for tonight. And that's for, uh, and you know what? This is the guy we all want to be when we grow up. This is the guy we all want to be when we grow up. And that's Mr. Leon Hampton.